exciting. I was almost about to say, welcome to the first community podcast where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of <laughs> happiness. <laughs> Happy Veterans it's, Day. It's uh, not July yet. <laughs> You're planning on being gone. Well, we're, we're not sure about that yet. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll just have to wait and see. Wait and see. <laughs> Welcome to the First Community Podcast, where we talk about life and faith with our First Baptist family. My name's Caroline. And I'm April Adams. Today, April, we are going to be talking about what it looks like um, to wait what waiting is and what all that encompasses waiting waiting is not fun waiting is not fun Mm -mm. waiting for certain things is definitely not fun Mm -hmm. like what (laughs) um like a job Mm -hmm. um like a family (laughs) yeah a husband or a wife or the significant other Mm. um waiting for people to come back into your life waiting for the traffic light to turn green now we're getting yeah more (laughs) applicable you know (laughs) things we experience day to day (laughs) waiting for the elevator (laughs) sometimes you have to wait really long for this elevator at school it's just uh do you ever whenever you're in the elevator do you automatically hit the door yes i do and even when even when the elevator's packed Uh i'm that person who when someone leaves i like immediately hit the button (laughs) and it's not because i you know i'm just i'm thankful that person's gone it's like okay they've moved on now it's time for us to move on i mean i've even seen somebody coming down the hall and they're like will you hold the elevator (laughs) neat no, like, I'm trying to hit the button. That's another level of wait. I'm not, not waiting. I try to stand on the inside of the door so that I just, I, I just can't see. So if you're coming in, I'm sorry. I just, I can't see that you're there. We are two awful people. Yeah. We don't like waiting. Nope. We don't like waiting. Um, I mean, I know for me, like, one of the first lessons on waiting that I felt like was shoved down my throat from being a a teenager in the 90s and in youth group was waiting for marriage and mm. the whole purity movement. Yeah. And the problem with it, it wasn't the wedding, yes, you should wait, all that, but I felt like we missed... A lot of times the point was missed. Mm -hmm. It was more like, don't do this so you don't get pregnant, so you don't get STDs, so you don't ruin your life. Mm -hmm. And just because God says so. But there was no, I guess, foundation under that. And so what I've seen happen is a lot of people, they were promised, like, I mean, it was really like, oh, if you wait for that person that God has for you, like, your life is, you know, you're going to hit your 20s and get married and have the best little family. And it's going to be amazing Perfect. and everything's going to work boots. out. Yeah, like, God is going to reward cars, you for... Two-car garage. For holding out, <laughs> yeah. Everything you could ever want in life uh-huh. if you just wait for marriage. And then, 
And then anybody who did have premarital sex, it was like, they're going to be drug... Cast you know, away, yeah. yeah cast just, away, like, like, drug addicts and living in a ditch somewhere. Hopeless. Yeah, you, hopeless. You, there's no, mm-hmm. no hope for you. <laughs> yeah, and so that was a lot of the message, whether that was yeah. the intention or not. That was the message that was... Shoved down, yeah. like, I mean, my throat. I, mm-hmm. I remember, gosh, conversations with people in middle school ministries and how... Um, even as, you know, a sixth grader, a seventh grader, it was just like this fear associated with, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, if I like do this thing, or if I know some, someone who did this thing, like they're going to hell, like mm-hmm. they cannot, you know, they can't be a part of this community anymore because mm-hmm. they, you know, their life's on the wrong track and they're not gonna, you know, meet anybody and their mm-hmm. life's gonna just fall apart around them. Because mm-hmm. I didn't wait for marriage. <laughs> but then on the other side, they're saying, well, if you do, like, everything's going to fall into place. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I can tell you as a 33-year-old single adult that it doesn't always end up that way. Yeah. Because I did follow every rule. and But, see, that's not the point. It's not that you're going to get everything you want when you mm-hmm. want it. But that uh, through that, God is working in your life and we trust God. And so... Um, we kind of had some points that we wanted to talk about, what, about what waiting yeah. does for us. And we were starting with the fact that waiting reveals our idols. Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue. Because yeah. while we wait, I've always heard, you know, I had I heard someone say one time, um, if you want to know about what you value, look at where you spend your money and your time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is is in waiting. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm looking at my life and the things that I value, a lot of the things I value, if I'm looking at those things, money and time and where I'm prioritizing myself and what I have and what I'm stewarding, it's, it's in like trying to seek a professional career one day and a professional achievement and seeking like to have a family or whatever. It's for a life that looks different than what I have now. Mm-hmm. And in that, it reveals a lot about, you know, where I'm putting my, finding my worth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's in career, it's in achievement, it's in relationships, and it's not in things that are actually going to be eternally satisfying. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, not that any of those things are bad, are, yeah. but it's where we put the priority. Exactly. And exactly. so... And so through that, um, we had we had our passage there, and we're yeah. going to kind of actually work backwards through Matthew mm. on some of this. Um, in Matthew 6, verse 25, Jesus is preaching to the people, and this is a really popular... popular Sermon on the Mount. Yep, yep. And this is the <laughs> Check really it out. popular section on it. It really is, yeah. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds, feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
But if God so clothes the grass in the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is the, for the day at, is its own trouble. Mm. I think when I think about waiting, I think about things like anxiety mm-hmm. and, and this like feeling of being real antsy. And yeah. there's a lot of negative things associated with waiting because there's no, you're not gratified in being w- in waiting for something, you know, mm-hmm. like we, when you're at that stoplight and you're just waiting for it to turn green or someone's not going and you're like what are you doing are you yeah. like you know what, cooking a meal in your car what are, like, <laughs> I mean are you not looking at the road but when you know when we are waiting there is frustration associated with that and I think it's so perfect to be talking about anxiety and to be talking about this mm-hmm. when we're talking about waiting because I don't know we have freedom from worry because our treasure doesn't have to be in these things in these things that god has already promised to provide to us if we just trust him mm-hmm. well and you said the word treasure <laughs> so so yeah that's that's actually the next part because waiting reveals reveals the big picture to us mm. and that there is something more than mm-hmm. things like you know job career, clothing, material things, things we need to survive physically. I mean, Mm -hmm. God promises to provide those things for us. So if he's already promised that, then why do we keep seeking those things Mm -hmm. and seeking, I don't, to, I don't, I don't know, achieve those things, receive those things. If he's already promised to give them to us, Mm -hmm. give us what we need. And I love the fact that when Jesus is preaching this sermon, he talks about anxiety and he talks about this and this idea of seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And it's not, we're seeking, we're not seeking the kingdom of God to receive these things. We're seeking Mm -hmm. the kingdom of God because seeking the kingdom of God offers so much more satisfaction than these things will provide to us. Mm -hmm. But the Lord recognizes you know, some, some of these things are necessary for life, like food and mm-hmm. water. And so, of course, he's going to provide those to his creation. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that Jesus talks about anxiety after he's already talked about this idea of laying up our treasures in heaven. Mm-hmm. In the passage right before Matthew six twenty five. Do you want to read that? Verse 19 through 24. Yeah, sure. And it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then he ends ends that passage with no one can serve two masters. Mm. And so it really is that, that big picture of what are we striving for? And it goes back to seeking the kingdom. 
bigger bigger perspective. Mm-hmm. Because if we're seeking the kingdom, then yeah, we are going to get what we want because we will be aligned with God's will mm-hmm. and what he wants mm-hmm. for us. And we become more in tune with God instead of our own selfish desires. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and like I said before, desires that we have, like a, a lot of it's natural and they're not inherently bad, but it's where we put the focus. Yeah. I love the idea of, and this might sound kind of harsh, but this this idea of despising desires other than knowing God mm-hmm. and how through certain things in our life, those can be good things. The desire to have a family could be a good thing mm-hmm. if your desire to have a family stems from, you know, this idea of working in ministry with another person and, you know, raising a family to seek after the Lord and to, you know, live a life worthy of his calling. And those things can be good if they are under that umbrella of knowing and being mm-hmm. in relationship and community with the Father. Yeah. And and it's when we, like, kind of get out from underneath that umbrella and we just want to have our family over here and then we want to have our job on this side and then we want to have our friends over here and then we want to have church in this other box. and mm-hmm. And it's like when everything is under that umbrella of knowing God, that treasure mm-hmm. of being in community with him, that is the master we're serving. All of these other things, like we'll see the good in those things because they can be good. Mm-hmm. And there's that process of sanctification that yeah. comes with mm-hmm. being in community with the Father, but living in this world. Yeah, and even even in what you're saying too it's also listening to God and does he Mm -hmm. want that for you at that time because I know through my 20s it was more of a struggle I guess Mm -hmm. not having a family not quite knowing exactly well I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do but still just um it's been something that I've been able to look back on though I've actually there have been callings in ministry where God had placed me where I look back and I said, if I had a family, I could have never done that. Mm, absolutely. Um, because that's how I ended up in campus ministry. And <laughs> and, I, and while I was doing it, I would work from, you know, come in at 10 a.m. noon and might be there till 10 p.m. midnight. And it was something where I was like, oh, I see why you didn't give me what I wanted at that <laughs> time because you had this other thing set yeah. aside. And so those are the other things to be able to look back. And, I, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, mm. where you can look back and say, okay, God did work through <laughs> this, and he had this plan, and it might have not have been what I wanted in that moment. But he made things, you know, he made things wonderful. <laughs> and, mm. and so that's where we go to that sanctification and that trust. Mm. And putting some years under your belt, too, being able to look back and see. Uh, helps with that and so I think starting off it's like all right we just have to trust God and we might not have as much to base it on and as the years go by you can look back and say okay he was faithful in that so Mm. it makes it a little bit easier not always but he work he works us through to where we can look back and say all right you were faithful to me and you had a plan in that and this is why these things did happen and why they are happening And I love the way you put that, like, we can't look back 
and see hindsight unless we wait. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like we have to wait in order to see what God has done. You know? And it, it's just yeah. it's this concept that's so it's so silly and so simple, mm-hmm. but it's it's so necessary and deep and like there's it's so oh it's just rooted mm-hmm. in in so much truth and like you see the history of God's people over the course mm-hmm. of scripture and you see the way they waited and and that and waiting is not a new thing God God never like it's not like you know God just always instantly gratified and gave his people what they were crying for like there was long processes at mm-hmm. times that the Israelites went through to wait for mm-hmm you know, wait for, um, freedom from slavery, wait for Mm -hmm. the promised land, wait Mm -hmm. for a Messiah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait for Moses to get off the mountain. Wait for Moses to get down from the mountain. So we'll build our own idols in the process. And we do that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Because we panic. We, yes, we crumble and Mm -hmm. we, we just forget. And, and it's just funny because it just goes to reiterate the lack of control that we actually do have over, mm-hmm. you know, these things. Yeah. And how our sovereign God is so much more all knowing. I mean, he just he just knows and he's there and he's he was there before time and he will be there forever and into eternity. And he knows and we all we have to do is just trust him. And it's the simplest thing, but it's also I feel like the hardest thing to mm-hmm. do. The hardest thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, and that and that's where it, it's tough because you do just you just have to do it. And I would always tell my college students, I said, life is one foot in front of the other, mm. and you just take that first step of trust, and then you take the next, and you move through it. Mm-hmm. And it's not about God telling you His whole plan. Yeah, at one time, and so, but He, but through that. Through just taking that one step and then the next step and then the next, we learn to trust more. Mm-hmm. And that's that whole process of becoming holy and getting patience because that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, over and over in the Bible, if you look through Leviticus and then again in First Peter, where um, Peter's repeating that, what was mentioned in the Old Testament, be holy as I'm holy. Mm-hmm. And one of the characteristics of God is he's patient. He's patient with us. Like if he wasn't, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So because of that, because we are to model our heavenly father, that's why it's so important that we be patient Mm. and that we wait and we trust. And my favorite, one of my favorite images is this image of like his holiness as kind of a river that's flowing out of him to us. Like we don't have to do anything to achieve this holiness. He has come to us and offered us his righteousness. We just have to be willing to receive it. And I I find peace little like nowhere else other than in that because knowing that I have and serve a God who is before me and has planned and has set forth all things into motion and knows what is to come. And he yet has still invited me to be a part of this, this journey, this life, this community in him through his son, Jesus. I don't, I really don't have anything else left to do other than just praise him. And, and Mm -hmm. it's, 
sometimes it's hard for me to acknowledge that, you know, I really don't have anything I could do that would, mm-hmm. you know, get me where I need to be. God has just reached out in grace and draw and um, drawn me in, drawn me close to him. And so you really don't have to wait for that. I mean, that's just offered mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. And our guest today is Charlton Bazard, or as Keith says, Charlton Bozard. <laughs> what is he? And, <laughs> and he is the organist here at First Baptist Church and um, also our entertainment throughout the week in the music media department. And Charlton has been <laughs> playing music for a long, long time, and his philosophy is. The louder, the better. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everybody loves you. I have an explanation for that. <laughs> and so we're going to let you explain it all and tell us more about you, Charlton. So, and he just came from a funeral. So <laughs> how has today been? Oh, hectic. Hectic. Um, my philosophy of playing loud is that the, Bi- the Bible mentions the organ. It doesn't mention very many musical instruments mm-hmm. in there, but the organ is mentioned. And that is that is important, but not only that, what what, what I like even better is that the org, the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now, any other musical instrument, the breath for it is provided by a human. Mm-hmm. But in a pipe organ, is it's the only instrument that provides its own breath. There's air flowing through it the whole time. And if air is going to flow through it, then it needs to be heard. Now, just for you folks who are wondering, on Sunday morning, here's my philosophy. I play three preludes. I play one to let you know I'm there, just kind of <laughs> nice and easy. And then I play a soft one that to allow you to visit and talk and say hello to people. But by the time the third one starts, chances are you're not going to be able to talk over that one. <laughs> and it's time to get ready for worship. Because Amen. it's coming. My wish is that you would sit and worship through all three of those songs because they all are hymns and they have words that you could meditate on and think of while you're preparing for worship. But I understand that folks like to visit before church, so I'm not going. Community is part of worship. Yes, so I'm not going to beat that horse because <laughs> I love to watch people as they come in, just greet people, mm-hmm. and Doctor Eastep walking out, walking around, greeting people, and it's just. A lot of fun to watch, so I don't want to get in the way of that, but I have my moment. <laughs> You've been playing music for a long time. A long time. Um, when I was five, which was a long time ago, I walked in the door from church and played, some of you older folks will recognize this if you listen to this, the old um, prayer response, Hear our prayer, O Lord, hear our prayer, O Lord, incline thine ear to us and grant us thy peace. Went to the piano, played it with both hands, and my mother nearly had a coronary. And so the next, I, probably, I don't know, the next week or so, um, this dear sweet lady who was our church organist came by our house. And she came every week for 12 years wow. and taught me and my two brothers. And she was um, the church organist. And so she, her goal was basically to teach you how to play for church. Mm-hmm. We didn't go to competitions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I, I guarantee you there are 
hundreds of kids, people out there in the world today, played for church because they took piano from her. Huh. And then um, when I got to be about, the, how old are you in eighth grade? 14, 15? Mm-hmm. We had a, a, a need for a pianist for something. And somebody said, well, let Charlton try it. Uh, and I was like, okay. So I went to the piano and it was the Christmas cantata. That's what it was. And, <laughs> and I just sat down and started playing it. And it was like the biggest surprise. No, nobody knew about her. So from then until I finished high school, I played um, piano at church and took organ through that time from from my uh, piano teacher and from uh, David Red, who was the organist at First Baptist in Orangeburg. And um, so I played the piano more, but played the organ some. And I didn't really study organ again until I got to seminary and studied with a, a real, real good teacher there. And all through there, through college, everything, um, was playing for churches, playing for singing groups, um, just playing anywhere that came along, any opportunity. You're the child prodigy. Well, <laughs> well. Charlton, the child prodigy. Not, 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 not in the sense that you see these little four-year-olds go up there and play complete Chopin things mm-hmm. and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You know, you know, not that kind of prodigy, but you know, I. You were gifted. The Lord's the gifted, Lord gifted you. With yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I'm going, because you've given me just a little bit more. When You know, these times when it's mm-hmm. like, you when, like you played for choir practice, I did this to you once. And the I veil so. and the <laughs> veil comes down and, and it, your mind goes blank. And what key is this in? <laughs> and, and, all been there. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's just one of those moments. But, you know, to do it in front of 150 people, and Steve, you know. <laughs> I like that he's not included. Yeah. In. yeah. Because he's over there glaring at you. Right. Right. I'm just, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, how did you how did you end up here at First Baptist Church? Well, that's a, that's a, um, a story in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was ministering music at, a, at another church, and, and there were things happening there um, that weren't bad things, but there were changes that need to be made that, um, just were not going to happen because I had been there for 23 years mm-hmm. and and there were traditions, be that good or bad, things that, you know, you are going to do that this year, right? You are going to sing this. You know, you are going to do this. And in order to attract a new demographic of um, church members to worship there, that was going to have to change. And, you know, I was 60 years old and that just wasn't, wasn't something I could do and wasn't something that anybody was going to believe. And our pastor then, um, we were, um, we would talk about it a lot. And he said, he said, what is God saying to you in all this? And I said, it just makes me so mad because every time I talk to God about it, he says, just wait, just, mm-hmm. just hang in there, just wait. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm tired of waiting. You know, can you not give me a hint something? <laughs> So um, le- last year, in the last year or two, um, my wife, uh, some things had changed at her work, and she had decided that she was going to retire at the end of this past school year. So I thought, well, maybe I could just retire and see what see what that looks like. So I got to looking into retiring, and, and yeah, he could do it, but um, we would have to sell our house and live in the car, 
and you know, they just I, I didn't want to touch my social security, so you know, it just wasn't going to work. And I had been coming over here. Um, Keith would call me if there was an emergency, something. Can you come over here and play for this right now? But we did set up that I would come in and Not play Keith. for no, come in and play for the whole set of um, luncheons mm-hmm. that went the the last ones that we'd had, and um. One day he called and he said, you need to come early today. Steve wants to talk to you. And I'm thinking, why does Steve, Steve doesn't need to talk to me. I mean, I'm thinking, what did I do? What did I do? Yeah, but yeah, that's <laughs> what, what we all think when Steve wants to talk what, to us. What, what have I done? You know? <laughs> so I, I went to his office and Keith came in and they shut the door. And I'm like, what, oh, what no. is going on with you guys? So we chatted for a few minutes and he said, um, what would you think about coming over here and being our church organist? And I said, yeah, I mean, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I mean, at that point, because I was like, seriously? You know, God, is this really? And he went on to explain that uh, Glenda was going to retire. And and um, Keith had said that, you know, I was pretty decent. And I said, you've never heard me play the organ. He said, well, Keith says you're decent. And you did a wedding with Sylvia, and she said, you're pretty good. So that's good enough for me. <laughs> so, no, you know, no audition or anything. No. So I said, well, are you, so I was thinking next spring. He said, mm-hmm. well, no, you know, next week would be good. <laughs> that sounds like it. I said, well, can, can you give me, in, I mean, we're up to here in Christmas music right now. Can you mm-hmm. give me until after Christmas? I said, but I got to, I got to, I got to check some things out first. And so I uh, went straight to the car and, and called my wife and Sally. And, she's, and I said, you're not going to believe the conversation I just had. And, um, you know, she was just all but in tears. And she said, what's God been telling us? I said, just to wait. So we've been waiting. So so here we are, you know. So, you know, I, I told uh, Steve going in, I said, you have to understand that um, I am not a downtown Columbia organist. I am not like these guys that play on the other corners down here with degrees in organ mm-hmm. and play classical music every Sunday. And he said, that's not what I want. That's not what I want. I want you to play hymns, things people recognize. And I said, and a, and a wrong note is okay, you know, every once in a while. He said, every once in a while. <laughs> like, mm, that's funny. So I've had um, two major blunders that Bill Howard keeps count of. <laughs> One of the first Sundays I was here, I ended my prelude on, with full organ, really loud. And then the next thing that the choir sang, I forgot to turn it off. So it came in with full organ. <laughs> Keith, Steve's eyes got about this big. And Keith spun around, you know, from the front. And I, I said, I, I got it. I know what's wrong. And fixed it and went on. And then we had an episode couple months back where we were supposed to sing three stanzas and then change keys for the fourth stanza and I changed keys after the second stanza but we got got it back together Mm -hmm. but after church people were like what happened on that stanza what it went kind of crazy and I said I don't know I don't know what that was Was that but Bill Howard came up to me and said, that's two. So, <laughs> so he knew what it was. But, you know, things like that happen. And, and that's one thing I appreciate about the, the, the atmosphere and the feeling of this church. 
you know, I nobody yelled at me, nobody fussed at me. We just kept right on going, and most people didn't even know what happened. Yeah. And worship went right on, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that was about the time the organ was messing up too, right? Well, yeah. You could kind of blame it on that. Well. It sounded like foghorns coming had, through our office. Yeah, for a uh, while. April's, April's <laughs> office sort of backs up to it. And there's a thing that happens to an organ called a cipher. And it's just when a pipe gets stuck open and... It and was it, it was the foghorn of the ship pipe. It was the <laughs> biggest, fattest reed and the biggest pipe, and wow. it would not turn off. And I um, tried several times turning it turning it off, and it takes it five minutes for the air to get so it's just uh, makes awful noise. <laughs> and um, finally called the technician, and he came in, and he turned it on, and it did it, and he. I told him what note it was, and he kicked the pedal, and it stopped. And I said, I can't tell you how many times I kicked the pedal, and it stopped. So it happened again this past week with two notes on two separate occasions. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, when he came to look at it, I turned it on, and both pipes sounded that were and without being played. And so he did whatever he did, crawling around up there in the in the space, and 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 fixed them. So, but you know, so if there's ever a moment in worship where you're all of a sudden feeling like there's either a foghorn coming or some little bird chirping and you can't it won't go away then it I'll fix it in a minute. I just have to turn the organ off. Just wait. Yeah, just, just wait. wait. For five, for five minutes. <laughs> well, I wanted to hear funny funeral stories. Funeral because stories. you play a million funerals. But um, you say that there's more, there's more, yeah, there's more humor not, in the weddings. Not a lot goes wrong at funerals, other than, well, the funniest thing was I was doing a funeral and my pastor's cell phone went off in his pocket, and he reached in his pocket and turned around and threw it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and like I just went, a, an activated grenade. On. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's like okay. he's trying to blame so, you. So it's Charlton's. <laughs> Yeah. And and this same pastor on one Christmas Eve um, was singing Sweet Little Jesus Boy. And he just sang it really well. It was Lonnie Shaw. Some of you may know him. And I'm over there playing for him. And all of a sudden, somebody's cell phone goes off. And I look up at the choir. Who's that? And then I play, you know, play the next chord and look back up at the choir. And nobody's diving for a cell phone. In bag. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's digging. And, and it just rings through the whole thing. And come to find out, it was his ringing in his pocket. And he just, <laughs> rather than cause a spectacle of digging it out, he just sang let right it, through let it. Let it go. And, oh, that was, I, all right, funeral story. Mm-hmm. Funeral story. I left my cell phone up on the organ oh, no. when I went to play the piano for somebody to sing. And as soon as I sat at the piano, I looked up and saw it, and I said, I wonder if I cut that off. <laughs> and the short answer is that I had not. So my wife called, not once, but twice okay. during that funeral while I was at the piano. And Why won't you pick so up? I, yeah, I'm sitting down there being mortified. But weddings weddings are where, oh, Lord. Everything goes wrong? You just never yeah. know what happens. My favorite one is, well, I have a, a new favorite one that happened here that I probably better not tell. <laughs> <laughs> but this was... This was um, um, a wedding, and um, I was playing. I, I usually play 30 minutes beforehand, and I had played um, the 30 minutes, and those 
girl with this gorgeous voice had sung and stood and sung Ave Maria. And when she sat down, then it was supposed to be time for the mothers. So I looked back for my cue from the director, and she is frantically waving her arms. No. So I'm thinking, well, okay. I'll go back and play my the stuff one I played at the beginning because most of these people weren't here. So I went back, got the first one, looked back there, and she's still going. So I'm play the next one. Look back up, play the next one. Play in the entire thirty minute program again. Oh. In the middle of it, one of the one of my men who's in the choir came up and said, Would you like me to lead a sing along? <laughs> I said, Just go find out what's wrong. What's going on? So thirty minutes later, I asked I asked Sandra if she wanted to sing again. <laughs> she, said, she said, No, thank you. And so I get I get finally get the big nod and the mother of the bride, who wasn't particularly thrilled about the wedding taking place, um, she didn't like her her New York son marrying a girl from the South. Mm. But they've been married for thirty something years now, so you know that worked out. <laughs> had broken her shoe. Oh no. And they had to go back to the campground they were staying at and get another pair of shoes for her. And it mm-hmm. took thirty minutes. I'm like she could have just come down the aisle barefooted, nobody would have known. No, no. <laughs> So that's that's that one and the one where I had my stack of books beside me on the organ, and as I'm playing a song, one by one they start falling off, <laughs> and they all fell off and then the floor, and and my church members are just you know trying really hard not to just laugh hysterically, mm-hmm. but there's nothing to do to get off yeah. the bench, and, you know, and climb back up, and yep. and I played things in the wrong key and. You know, stuff like that that uh-huh. people never knew happened, you know, except the singer. Yeah. Who's glaring at you. Oh, I, the... I did the Lord's Prayer um, for a guy, and he said, now lower it four notches, you know, a little transposer mm-hmm. knob. They were, they were wonderful little things because I can only... Semitones. Yes. I keep, you know, I play this in C. Okay, you know, turn it down. <laughs> and he got to the part, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and looked at me, and his eyes were about this big. On earth as it is in heaven. I thought, oh, okay. So in that little interlude, before I started, I just went, chick, 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 turned it down. So the interlude was in the right key that he wanted it. And, you know, nobody, maybe one person in the room knew enough about music to know that I had changed the key in the middle of the song, you know. But, you know, stuff like that, a lot of it people don't know ever happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) They don't look back on it and say, oh, yeah, remember the time the organist? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sure that 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 particular family, though, remembers being 30 minutes late. Oh, yeah. But that wasn't your fault. No. So We did have a wedding here that was um, um, the bride um, was from Brazil. I heard oh. about this. Well, Carolyn, wasn't your dad? He was remembering oh, yeah, the <laughs> And it turned out to be a beautiful wedding, but I just, but South American Culture, mm-hmm. time is not important. Like so, so mm-hmm. when when it was time to start playing, there was nobody here from the wedding party, and if I'd had good sense, I would have just waited, having no idea how long this was going to be delayed. Again, it waiting turned out being delayed, <laughs> an, like an hour. It was supposed to start at at four, and I think it started at five thirty or something like. You know, it just it was it was crazy. 
But, they, you know, we got them. The bottom line was they got married. By the time it was over with, they were married. Well, speaking of waiting and all that, have there have there been any other times throughout your life that you felt you had to wait a long time for something or have struggled through that? Or do you feel well, like you're better now at look, waiting? Look, I'm definitely better at waiting. I waited a long time to get a wife. It was like, okay, God, any time now you can, you can introduce me to, you know, <laughs> some woman who liked me, I don't know what. And a friend that I was, um, had graduated from seminary, he graduated a year after I did, and he went to a church in North Carolina, and he and I had planned to go back to a conference um, in, um, in, in New Orleans. And he called me two weeks before we were to go and said that his wife had decided that she wanted to go. And I knew that he had, that she had just had a baby like three weeks before that, and I'm thinking, how, how is this going to work? And he said, well, we're bringing somebody to help us. He said, she, um, she is my sanctuary choir president, and she directs a daycare center, and she just needs to take a break. Now, you hear my adult choir president, daycare center director, you're expecting somebody's little grandmama to come along, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, she's a grandmama now. Because <laughs> we have three grandchildren together, you know. And after the fact and learning what all went into the setup of that was just mm-hmm. was just hysterical. But, you know, I, I, was, I was, you know, going, okay, God, you know, I really, in ministry, I, I really need a wife. And I... You know, met a lot of nice girls, but not anybody that I really want to spend the rest of my life with. So, you know, what what are we going to do here? And and there she came. So we dated long distance for a year or two. Oh, so you she did She could probably wait. tell you exactly how long. Hmm. <laughs> she could probably tell you lots of stories, so don't uh, yeah, podcast her. Sally will be next. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to do the follow-up. <laughs> but it's, I've always... You know, on your waiting thing, um, God is always faithful, mm-hmm. and and when you think, oh, this is just this is never going to end, or how am I ever going to get out of this, or you know, He says there's a there's a lot of truth in be still, just mm-hmm. quit trying to figure it out, be still. I'm still God, and I am in control, and I know what's going on. So that's mm-hmm. that, especially the the past few years of our life. That's that's really become um, more of a theme for us, just being still and waiting, and knowing that God has it in control. Yeah, and that's hard in the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the moment, you, you want to just take God by the shoulders and shake him <laughs> and go, "Tell me now." But he's, you'll be better for waiting. And letting me mm-hmm. show you in my time, and you will know that it was me that did it, mm-hmm. and that has proven so true, and it proves true in everything. Let me say that I have really enjoyed. I've been here almost a year, and um, I've in, enjoyed getting to know the people, and I've been impressed. Um, you know, I, people, I feel like. Don't don't have a good don't have the right concept of what First Baptist Church is like. I have really been impressed with how people genuinely care about one another, mm-hmm. and how even though there's a lot of people out there, it feels like a small church mm-hmm. because people people pray for you, they speak to you, they encourage you, and they're a lot of fun to be with. 
and it's, we just really enjoy being here. And if you don't come to First Baptist in Columbia and you need a church home, I recommend it highly. Yeah, and you get to see Charlton That's every right. Sunday. Show up at 1015 for some loud <laughs> organ music. <laughs> My favorite is the, the Joshua fought the battle at Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> and he plays with the pedals, and it's fascinating to watch. It is fascinating. The, the funniest thing was when I did it that night of the... Um, we had the five choirs here. Yes. And I went back and watched it on Facebook. And I, I get about halfway through it and I hear, Joshua fit the battle of Jerry. And the choir is singing along. <laughs> we couldn't keep quiet. I, I, I'm going to have to pull that it's one back much. out. I, yeah, I keep passing by it and I'm thinking, I just played that. I don't need to play it again. <laughs> you know, those popular pieces that yeah. have to be played it's sig- The signature pieces, the ones that everybody <laughs> yeah. knows you play. Keep them in your record. Bring yeah, out for special occasions. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, I'm sure if we do that again next year, somebody will say, "You gonna play that?" Yeah, you gonna play that. Well, what was so funny? I said when when Steve told me he wanted me to play, and um, right you know before, like I usually did on Sunday, I said, "Okay." I said, "Ice Keith." I said, "What what what should I play?" He said, "Oh, just just three three of your favorites, like Joshua." <laughs> so I was like. I know what Keith wants me to play. <laughs> Three of your favorites, so like I, Joshua. So I know if I That's played it. that, if I played that, that once I started it, people would recognize it, mm-hmm. and they'd probably sit down and be quiet, and then, <laughs> then everybody would start singing along. So it's it's one of those songs everyone knows, but not yeah. a lot of people hear very often. And it, and it's a really fun setting of it, mm-hmm. and it ends with that big crashing chord, and then. A pedal glissando, which is just a That's swipe the all the part. way down the oh, pedal board, the and and people people say, "How do you do that?" You just drag your feet across the pedal. <laughs> Come sometime, and I'll let you do it. I mean, it's, not, it's not like it's hard. You hear that? You can get a live demonstration with Charlton. Make an appointment. <laughs> sure, if you're interested in if you play and you're interested in just seeing what it feels like to play that instrument, call me. I'll be glad to sit in there with you and let you play it. He's on the website. I am. <laughs> One of the fastest staff members we've ever gotten up on the website. <laughs> Steve was excited. He didn't have to wait to no, be on the website. He did not. I, I came, I think it, it was maybe your second day here. Yeah, it was the oh, first wow. month I was yeah, here. You didn't have to wait at all. The, the first month I was here, I, I played like six funerals. Oh, wow. And so... One was like the day after I started, and, and Steve said, go get his picture while he's got a coat and tie on. Yeah. <laughs> so we come and accost okay. him in the sanctuary. <laughs> and he's like, all right, all right, I'll take my picture. <laughs> I went up in a hurry. That's funny. Tomorrow I'm doing something special. Um, I'm speaking. I say speaking. I'm going to an elementary school. It's career day. That is so exciting. My wife got me into this, <laughs> and I thought, how 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 am I going to tell them about a career of playing the organ? <laughs> and I had done this with children, you know. But you you take them and you show them the pipes, and and I have a few pipes that I can show them. And so I'm I'm got pictures of our organ in the crawl space that you have to go through and all this. I'm looking, and you know, most of these children, I don't know how. Um, I'm just trusting God to use this because I can't really say, you know, does your church have a pipe organ? Mm-hmm. You know, or you come to my church and you can see, you know, I can't really go that route. But uh, I'm just hoping for an opportunity for, you know, some child to say, well, where, where is that? And mm-hmm. I can just, you know, tell them where it is. Mm-hmm. And 
and um, just might spark an interest in some child and want to become a musician. Yeah. That'll be fun. And come to church to learn. Right. It's the best place. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Charlton, for being on. We've enjoyed your stories. Yes, we have. <laughs> and he's been very requested to be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you would like to be involved in our music ministry and or come learn the organ with Charlton, you can check all that out at fbccola.com. Or just show up on Sunday morning. That's one of the best places for your information, right? Mm-hmm. All right, well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.